This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Turn with me to the book of Psalms 122. The book of Psalms 122. I want you to notice with me a most familiar passage of Scripture. Psalms chapter 122, beginning in verse number 1. A song of psalms written by David. He says, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Well, that's exactly where you are this morning. That's exactly where we are today. We are here assembled under this steeple. Serenaded by this beautiful music. Led in glorious worship. In the house of the Lord. Aren't you glad to be here today? I'm going to speak for the next few moments on this subject. Our call to worship. I want you to think about that. Our call to worship. Early this week, God put this scripture deep down into my bones. And I've been thinking about it every single day. Recently, I have spoken to several people who have not been able to attend church because of physical, medical problems. I have visited several of them even this week. The early part of the week, I sat in my office with Sister Marie Hildebrand. Most of you know that her husband just went home to be with the Lord. A lot of people do not even know who the Hildebrands were. They're, they were members of our church and they have been for about the last 15 or 20 years. The problem is they both have been shut-ins. Their health has been absolutely terrible. Here in the latter days of Bob's life, he shared a room in the nursing home with his wife, Marie. As I sat in my office on Monday morning prior to the funeral beginning, she sat in there with a few of her family members and she just began to weep. She was able to come to the funeral by the assistance of her family, even though in a wheelchair. She was able to come by some of her loved ones. And as they rolled her into my office and several family members sat in there, we began to talk just for a few moments. And it was just within a matter of minutes before she began to weep and she began to cry. And she said, Pastor, you have no idea how much I want to be in the house of God. She said, you don't know, you cannot possibly know the pain that is in my spirit because I have the will to be here. I want to be here. I have the desire to be here, but it's just physically impossible. I will tell you this after that meeting when we had that funeral, in the invitation of that funeral, seven people raised their hands and gave their heart to Christ. Amen. When I left that funeral, I had some other appointments and it was on Tuesday that I went or Thursday I went 
to visit with Brother Jerry Baldwin and Sister Sue. And when I got into the hospital room there at the Kindred Hospital, and by the way, some of you may not know this, but Brother Jerry's been in the hospital since June the 9th. Prior to June the 9th, the entire month of April, he was in the hospital. So Brother Jerry has been in the hospital now this year almost five months. When I walked into the hospital room, as I have done on a number of occasions, I begin to talk to Brother Jerry, and now the fluid is taking his body. He is riddled with fluid. You would not hardly even, he is absolutely huge from, from the swelling. And the problem is that his heart is not beating in the right rate in order to move the fluid out of his body. And so as I began to sit there and talk to them, I spent about an hour or more with both Brother Jerry and Sister Sue. Both of them have told me many times in the past, but they did not leave it out on this last visit this past week. They both sat there in the chair and said, Pastor, there is nothing anymore close to our hearts than a hunger to be back in the house of God. They both said, the thing that we desire the most, Brother Jerry said, it seems like I take one step forward and six step backwards. The thing that we want more than anything, preacher, is to be able to walk back into the doors of our blessed church, to be back in the house of God. Many of you know my father has just had a triple bypass surgery, and I have spent some time with him and there is nothing any more that he wants than to be able to walk into the doors of the church. And we thought that we were going to be able to bring him in today. But it just did not work out. He begins to get well in the week and then a little bit sicker towards the end of the week. But he and my mother both, the thing that they desire more than anything on the face of this earth is to be back in the house of God. I was standing at the bedside this week, this Thursday, by, with Sister Roberta Coates. And I, I, was, I was there in the hospital. It might have been Friday afternoon. As I was standing there at her bedside, she began to tell me, she said, Pastor, I had no idea I was going to have to go through all of this. Several complications have come in since I had this bladder surgery. And she took me by the hand and she said, more than anything my heart desires is to be in the house of God. She says, when I leave the hospital, I've got to go to some rehab. And she said, I'm looking forward and getting out of there and getting back to church. I cannot begin to tell you the numbers of people that tell me who are on the bed of affliction, how much they miss being in the house of God. I don't know about you, but when I'm not able to come to church, something's terribly missing in my life. I don't know about you. I want you to think about that. Sometimes when I've not been able to be here because of medical reasons or a surgical procedure that I've had, I can tell you this, sometimes I feel that the very core of my soul begins to tremble when I cannot be in the house of God. I don't operate well out of the church. You can ask my wife, we'll decide to go on a vacation. We'll get about three days into it. And she said, would you quit thinking about it? Would you, would you uh, throw that cell phone away? Would you throw that laptop away? She said, those people will be there when you get there. Listen, I don't operate well when I'm not in the house of God. 
I don't know about you, but that's just me. I, I can't stand to be out of the saddle long at all, regardless if it's vacation or whether it's sickness or the weather. I feel there's a huge gaping hole inside of me when I'm not able to be here. And I, there might be somebody in this auditorium that feels the same way. Can I have a witness? And now, however, there's some people that look for every possible reason on the face of the earth not to be in the Lord's house. But I rejoice that you're here today. God's given us a great group, and I praise his holy name for it. I want you to look at this verse again. There's just something about what David is describing in Psalms 122. He says this, I was glad when they said unto me. You might want to underline that word me because he begins to personalize it. He said, not only me, I was glad when they said unto me, but then notice what he says, let us. You might want to underline that word us. There's just something about David saying this. There's just something about me. There's just something about us getting together in the name of the Lord. Friend, I want you to know there's something about assembling ourselves together in the house of the Lord. I'm so thankful that in America today, we still have an opportunity to come into a house of worship of our free choice, to assemble under the old rugged cross, to assemble under the steeple, and still worship the living God. Amen. We still have an opportunity to do that. I'm so thankful for the family of God. I'm so thankful for the house of God. I'm thankful every single opportunity that we have to open these doors and walk in. This is a special house. This is God's house. This is where God shows up on our services. Now understand, listen carefully. You can worship God anywhere you want to. And thank God for that. People in the hospital this morning. I'm thinking of Brother Jerry right now over there in the Kindred Hospital. Many times I've walked into their hospital room and Sister Sue is reading the scriptures to him. I'm telling you this, you can worship God anywhere. People can worship God in the hospital. People that are shut in this morning can worship God in a nursing home. Our soldiers fighting in Afghanistan today can worship God in a foxhole. I'm telling you, you can worship God in your house. You can worship God in your yard. You can worship God on the beach. You can worship God in the mountains. But for me, listen carefully, nothing can compare than worshiping him in his house. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I want you to turn your Bibles back to the left just a little bit and look in Psalms chapter 34. There's nothing in all the world that can compare when we get together in God's name, in the name of Jesus and worship in his house. In Psalms chapter 34, verse number three, the Bible says this, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. There's just something about getting together in his name. As born again believers, as the body of Christ, as brothers and sisters coming near and far to this place of worship, now, there's a verse of Scripture I want you to see if you can turn your Bibles quickly to the Gospel of Matthew. Turn there with me, Matthew chapter 18, and I want you to see something in verse number 20. Some people this morning are in this auditorium that has driven over 50 miles to be here. Several of you have done that. One way, 
Brother Paul that sits in the back drives 52, 51 miles every way. Which way he comes on Sundays? 104 miles round trip. Some of you do that every week as well. I praise the name of Jesus for it. If you look in Matthew chapter 18, verse number 20, the Bible says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Friend, today I'm preaching on this, our call to worship. And I'm so glad when our call of worship comes, he's in the midst of this building. Now, for some, the word go, if you go back into Psalms 122, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. For some, the word go in our text is simply an obligation. Some look at that word go or going to church as simply a Christian duty. How do you view it this morning? How do you look at that? I'm telling you this, coming into the house of God, coming into this holy place of worship, it ought to be something more than an obligation to you. Coming into the house of God ought to be done with great anticipation. For me, there is a whole lot more than just coming into this house and seeing and visiting with one another, even though that's a wonderful contentment with me. I look forward each and every week of seeing you. I'm so thankful for you. I love you more than you will ever be able to comprehend. I can hardly wait till the service begins. I can hardly wait to make my way around as many people as I possibly can and put my hand in yours to look you in the eyes, to give you a Christian hug, to see the joy of Jesus in your smile. But I'll tell you what, friend, what's greater to me than assembling to meet with you is assembling in the house of God to meet with him. Somebody say amen. That should be the anticipation that each and every one of us ought to have. Something that we should all remember is this. God so greatly desires our collective worship. We can worship God individually. And the Bible encourages us in different places to do that. But God really desires our collective worship And I will tell you today, friend, that there is something divine that transpires when we gather in his name and worship him together. So many things begin to happen. Sometimes I think we can lose our awareness of what God can do when we are together. David said this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Something, and I'm not sure what it was, but something had elevated his heart. Something had caused his hair to stand up. Something had put a chill on his spine. Something gave him great anticipation. Something had captivated the attention of David to the point where he was totally excited. I don't know about you, but I would like to say that I am affected like this every time the doors of the house of God are open. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I personally believe. That a soul is most miserable if all there is about coming to church involves getting up early, getting ready, driving an automobile, parking in the lot, walking in the door, sitting in the pew, talking about whatever and going home. Friend, you haven't been to church. Friend, you don't know what that's all about. If that's what church is to you, you have missed it altogether. Some people think about going to church like they do going to the dentist. I sat in my dentist office the other day and I told my dental hygienist, I said, you know what? I said, I love you dearly. 
I said, and if I'm going to receive pain afflicted to my body, it, I would rather have it done by the hands of my friends than enemies. <laughs> I don't like to go to the dentist. And I can't, I hate going. I can't wait till I get out of there. Some people look at going to church like they were going to the dentist. David said this. He said, I've heard the call to worship. Let us be glad. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. When I read that scripture, and this week I have heard multiple people tell me, Pastor, you just have no idea what we are missing in our spirit, what we are missing in the depth of our hurting soul. And people have told me, I'm so glad that people are praying for us. One of them stood and told me, Pastor, every single need that we have had since we have been in the hospital has been met. She said, I have absolutely no needs. I thank God that people are praying. I thank God that I have my needs met. But she said, Preacher, you have no idea how much I hurt and long in my spirit than to walk in the doors of my church under the steeple of the cross and worship and praise his name. I got to thinking about that this week. I want to share with you a few things this morning. I want us to consider just for a few moments when our call of worship comes. First of all, we come into this house, this house of worship. We come into this place today, first of all, to honor the Lord. I want you to think about that. We come into his house to honor him. Do you know that every time we walk into the house, we are coming in here respecting what he's asked us to do? There is not one of us this morning that could ever come close. We couldn't even scratch the surface. There is absolutely nothing any of us could do. Those of you that call yourself a Christian, saved by the amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been washed and covered in the blood of the Lamb. I will tell you this, you could work from the day that you got saved until the day God set your feet on the street of gold, and I declare unto you today that there is absolutely nothing that any of us could possibly do to scratch the surface to repay him for what he did for us. Friend, salvation, I'm telling you right now, when I got saved, I did not get worktified. I got justified. It's a work freely given by the cross of Calvary. I'm telling you right now, grace is free for by grace are you saved through faith. I can't work for it. I can't pay for it. I'm telling you right now, I didn't deserve it, but thank God he gave it to me. Woo! Hallelujah. We come into his house to honor him. We honor his death. We honor his burial. We honor his resurrection. We honor the ransom that he paid for our sin. We honor him by giving him our time and our respect. We honor the atmosphere of his holiness. We need to remember this, folks. This is God's house. Amen. This church is God's church. I want you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25 for a minute. We must never, ever forget that this is not the house of man. This is not an entertainment uh, facility. This is the house of God. This is his church. 
And the Bible says this, according to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25, the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another as so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, here's what I believe with all of my heart. When these lights come on and these doors are open, here's what I believe. God says to us, hey, if I'm going to show up, I expect you to show up. Amen? I'm telling you, friend, this is his house. He said, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. It's amazing in these modern days that we live in. It's amazing how we have turned this thing all around from being the Lord's day to our day. Some of you that grew up years ago, let me tell you, you remember the day when Sunday was the Lord's day. Nobody did anything else on Sunday but go to church and eat fried chicken. That's all you would do on Sunday. Amen. I still like that combination. Years ago, that's all, I'm telling you right now, it seemed like the world would shut down on Sunday, the Lord's Day. I pray to God that we would return some kind of way to the old-fashioned way. Amen. This is the Lord's Day. Now, I want you to see something else. Not only do we come into the house of God when it's our time to honor him, but we come into the house of God, we gather in his name to worship him. Not only to honor him, but we gather in his name to worship him. Look with me, if you will, in Psalms chapter 99, verse number 9. Psalms chapter 99 and verse number 9. The Bible says here, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy. Now here's what I want to admonish you with today. When we walk into the doors of this church house, friend, you ought to come with only one person in mind. I want you to think about that. We need to walk into these doors with one common theme of attention. I'm telling you, when we walk into these doors, we need to have those two nail-scarred hands in view with the understanding that everything that we do in this place, it's all about Him. It's not about us. It's all about Him. When we come here to seek His presence, listen carefully, we come here to seek His praise, His glory, to testify the things that He has done. We walk into the house of God to acknowledge our total dependency and our, and our acknowledgement of that on him. We acknowledge him for who he is. Listen carefully. I'm so glad today that the God that we come to worship is not dead. He's not just some figment of imagination. I'm telling you right now, he didn't fly to heaven on a white-winged horse. I'm telling you this. He's not just a picture on the wall. I'm telling you, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's the Alpha and Omega. If that can't light your fire, friend, then your wood is wet. Ooh. We come in here to worship Him. Lift up holy hands and worship Him. To seek His face, to seek His presence. Not only do we walk into these doors to honor Him and worship Him, but we come into this house to offer thanksgiving. Look with me, if you will, in Psalms 100, verse number 4. In Psalms 100 and verse number 4, 
We come into the house when it's our call to worship. We come into this place to honor the Lord. We come in here to worship him. And also from Psalms 100, we come into this house to offer him thanksgiving. You see in Psalms 104, the Bible says, enter into his gates with praise or enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Now, let me reiterate something for you. Indeed, there ought not to be ever a place or ever a time in your life where you are not appreciative for what Jesus Christ has done for you. I'm telling you, the spirit of thanksgiving ought to dwell within our bosom everywhere we go, each and every day, no matter where we are. But I will tell you this, friend, there is just something extra special about thanking God in this place, in his house. Just look around just for a minute. I want you to thank God this morning for the place that we have at 819 Buford Road, North Chesterfield, Virginia. I'm so thankful for the place that God has given to us to assemble. I'm thankful for the place that God has given us to come. I'm thankful today that we have brothers and sisters of like faith. I'm so thankful today that God has given us Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, I'm so thankful today that the head of the church is not the Pope. The head of the church is Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for that today? I'm thankful that God at this church has given us a place where we still believe in the power of prayer, where we still believe in divine healing, where we still believe that God still works miracles, where we still believe that the blood of Jesus Christ has power to save. I'm so thankful today that we can come into this place, a place that is energized by the Holy Spirit and not by personalities or entertainment. I'm so thankful today that we can come Come into his house and the goosebumps that we get comes from the old time religion. It does not come from the carnal lust of the flesh, but from the old time religion and the Bible and the word of God and the songs of Zion in this house. Listen carefully. I'm so thankful that you can walk into this place today and have a spirit-filled preacher who stands in this pulpit and without compromise preaches the unadulterated Word of God who is not politically correct, who operates every day in the framework of this Bible. And let me say this. I love to preach the Bible. I love to preach the Word of God. Paul told Timothy to preach the Word. And listen, nothing can take the place of the Word of God. Churches today can meet and they can read poems. They can talk about nature. But friend, let me tell you this. This book is the book that gets the job done. I will tell you, it's a book that never gets outdated. It contains everything that you could possibly imagine. This book contains prophecy. It contains poetry. It contains the law. It contains the greatest story ever told. Thank God. We have a preacher in the house of God today that's not afraid of calling sin, sin, hell, hot, heaven, real judgment coming. Thank God for the old time. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God we come into his house to honor him, to worship him, 
to give him thanksgiving. We come into the house of God to serve him without question. Psalms 100 verse 2. Look at that scripture just for a minute. Psalms 100 verse 2. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. I'm so thankful today. This is not an entertainment center. But I'm so thankful today that we have a church with a heart and we put hands with the heart. I'm so thankful today for every person that finds a place of service in this church house. I thank God for the Sunday school program we have. I thank God for the Christian Academy, Buford Road Christian Academy. I thank God for the new programs that we're starting on Sunday evening, Back to the Future for our children. I thank God for Children's Church. I thank God for Junior Church. I thank God for Children's Choir. I thank God for Vacation Bible School. I thank God for the nursery workers. I thank God for the senior saints and the senior saint workers. I thank God for the gospel concerts we have. And I thank Thank God for every service, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, sold a wedding door to door. Listen, let's give God the praise that he's so worthy of. We come into the house when it's our call to worship. We enter into these gates. Listen, it brings the body of Christ into the spirit of unity. There are devils and demons today that run about up and down these neighborhoods, up and down these roads, on the telephones, everywhere. Listen, they have absolutely nothing but division on their mind. You know this, that division and discord, the Bible says they that sow discord among the brethren creates an abomination. Do you know discord is an abomination? The word of God works in the spirit of unity. The Bible says that God added to the church when the people were in one accord. I'm telling you right now, at 819 Buford Road, the Bible that you have in your hand is the same Bible that I'm standing here preaching out of right now. We can come into the house of God. Listen, we can sit down and agree on doctrine. We can sit down and rely upon the same God to heal our bodies. We can rely upon the same God to bear our burdens. We can rely upon the same God. God to meet our needs. I'm telling you, together, friend, listen, we at this church can send a burning light in this community up and down the hallways of hospitals to our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the regions beyond. Listen, we have a task, and I can tell you this, that working together, we can get the job done. I want you to see that this morning in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Together, listen, we encourage one another for the same common cause. We encourage each other together to stand against sin, to oppose the works of Satan. We come together and we, together in the spirit of unity, we can pray together that God would turn America back to God. Wouldn't you like to see that? Wouldn't you like to see America return to the God of our fathers? Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse number 12, And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Together we face giants. Together we stand against the trends. Together our accountabilities are increased. Our convictions are strengthened. Our discipleship is challenged. You see, friend, if we're not growing spiritually, then we're dying spiritually. That's just the bottom line. 
in these gates, in this house, in this place of worship. When our call of worship comes, listen, we equip families, families who are raising children. In this house of worship, together we weather the storms. Brother Richard Vaughn right now is dealing with stage four cancer. Sister Kathy Bradby is dealing with stage four cancer. And I can tell you this, I'm happy to report to you today that they're not weathering those storms by themselves. I'm so glad that I can tell you today that we as a church, as a congregation, we have united our hearts with them. And we're praying that God will stand them up. We're praying that God will raise them up. We're praying that God will heal their bodies from the top of their head to the sole of their feet so that God can be praised and receive all the honor and glory. Oh, dear friend, we come into God's house. We see these children growing up in the admonition of God, or perhaps we find ourselves living lonely and turning gray. Within these walls, we find souls saved, backsliders reclaimed. We find converted sinners who are immersed into the pool and the waters of baptism. But then sometimes, friend, I'm glad when we think about what happens when we come into this house of worship. Sometimes when we come into this house, God just puts the gravy on it. You know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you right now, we can pull up to the table of God and we can have all the great singing. And we've got some of the finest musicians anywhere in this community. In fact, I believe that the musicians at Buford Road Baptist Church are second to none. We could come into the house of God We can enjoy all this stuff. But I tell you what, sometimes when we gather in his name, we pull up to his table. Sometimes God just dips the ladle into the gravy and puts the gravy on our time to worship. You say, what do you mean by that? I'm telling you right now, friend, every now and then under spirit field preaching, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Somebody every now and then will wave their hand and say glory. Somebody every now and then will stand up and say, he did it all for me. Somebody every now and then will dance with a holy joy. Somebody every now and then will just praise his name. I'm telling you this morning, friend, one of the greatest things that I love about coming into the house of God out beside of those things that we've just talked about, about honoring him and worshiping him and giving him praise and thanksgiving and serving him. Here's what I want you to go out of the house of God today, understanding. I want you to understand it very clearly. Every time we get together as born-again children of God, let me tell you this, this is a dress rehearsal of what is about to come in the very near future. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm telling you, this is a warm-up session. Every time we come into the house of God, every Sunday morning we come in here, listen, whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, you, can, you may not realize this or not. I don't know if you've ever given it any thought, but when we come into this house together, we stand together and lift up holy hands. We stand together and sing. We stand together and testify of the goodness of God. Listen, when we come here in the house of 
of God. Listen, we are rehearsing now what we're about to enjoy and experience together as the bride of Christ somewhere in eternity on the other side. Somebody, if you're with me now, say amen. Yeah. Woo! Glory to God. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. The songwriter said, oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me now rejoice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Friend, listen, let every member of this church let every visitor of this church, let every friend of this church understand this. This is God's house. When we walk into these doors, it's not about us. It's about him. Let him be praised. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you glad somewhere along the line somebody took the time to tell you about Jesus and introduced you to a saving faith? Where you gave your heart to Christ, followed him in believers' baptism, and listen, God, through that process of salvation, gave you everlasting life. But you know what else God did? God, listen, there's a lot of great things on the other side. A lot of great things on the other side. But God's given us something to enjoy on this side. And that's this. When a person receives him, do we come in here this morning not to be entertained? I thank God for the, for the stuff that we have. But when a person is truly, truly saved, here's what I want you to understand. I want to say this to all of our family today. Those of you that are watching by internet, I want to say this especially to you this morning. If you professed the name of Jesus, if you call yourself a Christian, and there's not been a change in your life, you've either lied to your friends. You've either lied to the community. But you've definitely lied to yourself. Because you see, when Jesus Christ comes into your heart, washes you, I mean, he takes your black heart. He washes it with his red blood. He makes you whiter than snow. Listen, friend, there is a change. And if you can walk out of a church house calling yourself a Christian and live in your life like absolutely nothing about you has changed at all, I, let me just very confidently say to you, you don't have what I have. If God hasn't changed you, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away. 
Old things are passed away. All things become new. If there has not been a transformation, don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to God. Give your heart to Jesus. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.